Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Gray Matters. This is Charmaine. Hi everyone, this is Ricky, and yes, welcome back to another episode. Um, I say this every episode, no, no, I haven't said this before. I am fired up about this episode because this episode is going to be all about legacies of colonization. Okay, there's a lot into that. We probably won't say everything we want to say about legacies of colonization in this episode, but if you like this so much, leave a, what's that, a comment? Maybe this can be a part two because y'all know we like to talk, so maybe it can be part two. But I will let Charmaine discuss about a recent museum exhibition that she went to here in the lovely Dallas Metroplex at the lovely DMA. I did. Thank you, Ricky. So I got the idea for this conversation. Um, Well, we both kind of came up with it. But as some of you may know, colonization kind of presents itself a lot in both Ricky and I's research. But I recently visited the DMA um, Cartier exhibition. So that's the Cartier and Islamic Art exhibition. It's called Cartier and Islamic Art in Search of Modernity. And um, I believe it's only, it's exclusively featured at the Dallas Museum of Art. Um, And it's wrapping up. So it's been on my, you know, I've been wanting to to go to this for a while. So anyway, I'm going to read the statement that the DMA has on the website of how they describe this exhibition. Okay. They say um, Islamic art was a formative inspiration for Louis and Maison or Louis and Maison Cartier in the early 20th century. This major exhibition explores the analysis and adaptation by Cartier's designers of shapes, techniques, and materials from India, the Middle East, and North Africa. Through the lens of the, of the Maison Cartier, these elements are part of the creative evolution of the modern stylistic language that continues to inspire new designs. So I just thought this was a very interesting broad stroke statement. Um, It doesn't provide a lot of contextualization, which I know that these kind of statements are meant to be short and a summary, Mm -hmm. but there's so much history that they've just kind of breezed past, right? And Mm -hmm. as I went through the exhibition, it was extensive. It's now wrapping up. So it literally, I think, will be wrapping up when this episode releases. For those of you that have had a chance to go visit it, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think um, or what you thought. But I hope it also tours other cities. And if it does, please let us know what you think. Because it's it was a very extensive exhibition, honestly. I, it was way more content than I thought it would be. It took a lot longer than I thought it would, um, which was great. Like, I, you know, was nerding and taking it all in. But even in, like, the, like the statements and the descriptors, of the the pieces there was so much that was overlooked it was through a very it felt like a very orientalist lens at times and you know it kept like harkening back to this idea of like inspiration and you know um Louis and Maison Cartier and I forget like the other son's name I believe there was three sons and the Cartier father like you know kind of like of the Cartier legacy that traveled to what they are calling the Islamic world, which is broadly like India, Africa, uh, North Africa specifically, and then the Middle East. Um, but, and, and so they traveled to these regions like end of the 19th century through like the early 20th century. Obviously we know that was like prime colonization season. <laughs> like they were up in there colonizing it all. And it just, 
like some of it, I was like, okay, is it inspiration? I went with a good friend of mine and one of the things that we talked about as we're walking through it, I said to her, I said, is it inspiration or is it just straight up appropriation? Mm -hmm. Because so many of the pieces, so there was jewelry, the main focus was the jewelry. Of course, Cartier is known for their jewelry, right? So like that was the main focus, but it was like the jewelry, there was tapestries, there was book covers. I mean, everything was stunning, like jaw dropping stunning, but and then, of course, there were some, like, Orientalist paintings in there. It was a very, like, mixed-medium exhibition um, or exhibit. But I just thought, like, how – it's like you're taking elements of the culture mm -hmm. of the region, right? You're taking, like, pieces of it. Mm -hmm. You're appropriating pieces of the culture. Mm -hmm. In this case, the jewelry, because it's real pretty. <laughs> um or the dress like okay one part was talking about like it went into because it kind of was chronological sort of it was set up a little like confusing at times but um they talked about the uh, like the turban and the influence of the regional turban on like the turbans of the flapper era mm -hmm. and that's something I always thought about so I was like oh I like how they kind of like briefly alluded to it it wasn't I definitely think they could have done a better job of you know, like putting in descriptors um, or putting providing more context. Actually, one quick side note, one way they could have done this is when you went up to the exhibition room, mm -hmm. you scanned a QR code and it mm -hmm. had like a full listing. So like number one, you would go see what number one was, right? Like in, I understand like if you can do that, you can provide links where people can learn more about like the actual content of the cultural history, the historical context of that time. So I think that was intentional, right? It wasn't included, but like, for example, you can take elements of the turban or jewelry, um, not even getting into the actual sourcing of the materials themselves, which that is problematic in of itself, right? Like that's, that's another conversation I'll get into, but like you can take that, but if you take that, you can't just take pieces. Yeah. You have to take the people that come with it. And mm -hmm. that is my problem because Cartier is a French company. They're rooted in France and France systemically has disenfranchised and marginalized the Muslim population. Mm -hmm. The very people that you are taking inspiration from, you're taking inspiration from their designs and their architecture and their jewelry and their fabrics and textiles and mm -hmm. so many other things, right? But then in modern day France, you're banning the hijab, you're banning abayas and burkinis, you're you're doing so many things to like visibly erase a Muslim identity, particularly when it comes to Muslim women. Mm -hmm. And not to mention like the way that Europe sets up their society is like so segregated amongst immigrants and you know, even like like the visible characteristics of people of color and of like different groups. So it just it also left me with like kind of a sour taste in my mouth because, mm -hmm. and then also just briefly, I'll like touch on the actual sourcing of the jewels themselves. Like so many of the jewels, like, yes, okay. So many of them were native to like these lands, but then I'm like, okay, where did these diamonds come from? Mm -hmm. Where do these rubies and emeralds and coral and citrine and all these beautifully, you know, like rare gems, where did these gemstones come from? How were they sourced? Mm -hmm. They were sourced using like labor through colonization yeah so and and of course like a lot of the you know um jewels were worn by 
or belong to Indian royals who were like, there's so many stories of like the last um, Maharaja of Punjab, like mm-hmm. his, you know, the whole Kohinoor diamond. Some like people may know what that story and its connection, like literally direct connection to modern British monarchy. Like there's so many contexts within this, right? And it's just like, you love our stuff, but mm-hmm. you don't love us. Mm-hmm. And that's my issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You love our stuff, but you don't love us. This idea of like the commodification of people. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest legacies of colonization. And when I say commodification, you can you can you can use that broadly. The commodification of people, whether it's like actual people, where it's like the um, enslaved people's diaspora, or it's like people, their culture. And this idea of like, oh, wow, like, look at what you're wearing. It's it's so pretty. Um, I'll take these aspects of your culture, but I don't like that aspect of your mm-hmm. culture that does not align with my beliefs and with who we are. Um, so we're going to... We're not going to erase that part of you. We're going to belittle you mm-hmm. and create social hierarchy because you are not you are not who we are and we want to feel more powerful. So we're going to put you in your place. We're going to take your stuff. We're going to put you in your place. And yeah, we're, we're just going to do that. And I think we talked about this before, but this goes along, the, along an important conversation about museum culture and this idea yes. of like, us thinking about, okay, I'm going to this museum, I'm viewing, and in the way museums are set up in itself, like, you have African art and Asian art, and, like, so, like, segregated sometimes, and you can't help but think, okay, well, all the European art that's here probably wasn't stolen from people and, like, ripped away from people, and you get so much detail about those artifacts, and then you go to African art, and it's a statue, and the only thing you get is this is a statue probably from the Yoruba tribe or probably from Africa. They only they only put con- like countries sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's like what, 50, 51 countries in Africa? Where? Where is the statue from? You know? Yeah. And I feel like that gives you signs of the gaps in history. Kind of like what you said. Like, yeah. where is this diamond from? Like, do you even know where it's from? And I think... I think museums need to do a better job of being more inclusive in that history because a lot of people go to museums to learn and this is their first time interacting with these pieces and with um, these artifacts and these artworks and if this is your first time interacting with it and you don't have a full view of that and unless you are from um, like um, a colonized country or part of um, a diaspora, there's very limited information that you yeah. know. Like, you need to have that history there. Exactly. But, like, exactly what you said about museums, like, they are a colonial institution. Yes. And they continue, like, this especially perpetuates a lot of that coloniality. Yeah. And this was a, well, also, sorry, I'll say two things really quickly, but I just, what you said reminded me, like, about, like, African art or Asian art, like, it's, European art is just considered arts. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, renaissance or modern or impressionist like Mm -hmm. right that's always the thing and then two this exhibition specifically was crowded ricky like when i tell you like there was it was crowded i know it's like you're in towards the end i went on a sunday but it was a crowded event Mm -hmm. and the museum is free but you had to pay to get into this 
exhibit. Mm. So we also paid. Mm. The tickets were not cheap. Mm. So, you know, they and just there was a lot of people. Like I didn't even bother counting, but I was like shoulder to shoulder most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like we were like I you know, you you just had to spend a little bit of time and be mindful of everybody else also there. You couldn't just like spend as much time as you wanted admiring the pieces. Mm-hmm. Which I definitely would have loved more time to admire some of the pieces. But it's just, yeah, like, think of all the money that they're making off of this. Yeah. And who is being disenfranchised by this and who is being enfranchised by this. Yeah, who's profiting? Who's mm-hmm. profiting from what? And I think I think this, okay, so I'm going to segue here because Sherman mentioned this episode and I immediately, now I'm thinking about a meme that I saw. So for those who've seen Black Panther, I love that. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. Okay, for those listening, know that I love Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman. But there is a scene in Black Panther where um, Michael B. Jordan is in the museum and he steals he steals like a, a piece from oh, the yeah. museum. Yeah. And so with the Queen um, passing away, like there was a lot of memes on Black Instagram and Black Twitter where they were like, uh, "We come in for our pieces mm-hmm. because a lot of pieces from." colonized um, countries and, and people and culture are in British established museums yeah. you know if we think about the crown jewels that the family wears and that they love so much where where are those jewels coming from exactly where do the jewels come from everything about and this oh, this is this is this is what I feel like people miss the connection with things right when they go into spaces this is the problem that I have with 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 the way our society works i feel like people like to disconnect important history from the present and disconnect like it's almost like we live in this fairy tale and i stole this idea uh hey newman if you're listening um but he mentioned that it's almost like we fantasize our our lives, our, our different sectors of our, of our, how can I, society. Uh, and we don't, we don't come into realities of how they were established. Like museum culture mm-hmm. is very fantasized. It's very mm-hmm. elitist. It's very art world. It's very, oh, let me look at this painting and let's sell a banana tape to the wall for like, I don't know, a million dollars. But then you have BIPOC and marginalized artists who can't sell their work at all because it's not deemed high art. And this idea that these institutions come from um, colonialism and colonization, like that is the root of these institutions. Like literally, like if you do a little bit of research, you'll literally find that they had some black women put on display in museums because their bodies were so irregular like Mm -hmm. informed like that's what museum culture is and similar to the royal family we like to fantasize and fairy tale lies oh it's the princess story and disney disney princesses and oh my gosh not realizing who who is paying who paid for buckingham palace on the back of who how did this family get where they are and i think it's important that we recognize certain people's anger towards museums mm-hmm. towards the royal family towards colonial co- colonialized legacies mm-hmm. and yeah. that these these like you you can't separate the royal family from colonization right. and its impacts and it's not over like countries are still like we 
like to say third world countries but why are why are those countries considered third world right or developing yes why developing and have their resources not be stolen from them and have they had um like for example a long time ago there was that um there was that viral video i forgot her name i think her name is kimberly i think her first name is kimberly but she was describing it like describing the experience of marginalized people um, specifically in America as a game of monopoly but I like to think of the whole globalization of the world as a game of monopoly right mm-hmm. like had we all had an equal share where would those countries be if we hadn't stolen their people stolen their oh, culture yeah. stolen I, their I think resources. I read like a statistic recently of like the tr- like Britain through colonization took trillions of dollars mm-hmm. from India Mm-hmm. And if they attempted to try to pay it, pay it back, it would their country bankrupts, bankrupts, like they bankrupts. Yes, and it's and then of course you look at like the immigration policies and like the conservative the conservatism of the government in countries like the UK, right? Mm-hmm. Like that are and like what you said was so. It just it made me think too of like the way that the yeah the royal family cannot be separated from colonization. Like mm-hmm. yes, it is the. Like, the, they just largely, they don't hold any pa- political power. They're just kind of there as, like, a, you know, they're just an institution. But they're an institution. And you know mm-hmm. what? They, they in some ways, are, like, they may not hold, like, power in the terms of, like, policies making and legislation like the government does. But they hold power as an institution. Yeah. They are the institution. They are the ones that tore the commonwealth nations which mm-hmm. oh that term like just makes my blood crawl like it yeah. just or my skin crawl like i just commonwealth nations like they're previously colonized nations and they're nations that continue to be disenfranchised yeah there's still colon there, there is still colonized people mm-hmm. and nations and i think that that's what we fail because of that name commonwealth whatever that's what we fail to realize and um I don't know. I just think we need to legitimize people anger, like and legitimize yes. people experience. I'm just gonna put this out here. Absolutely. Not everybody is crying over clean over over the, the over Yeah, over not everybody is crying. Some people are angry and mm-hmm. their anger is legitimate. Like I think about the recent incident with the Carnegie Mellon professor. Um, she was Nigerian in, in her post and all the backlash she got, even backlash from from someone like Jeff Bezos. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, and I think it's because people like, like, I don't know. We just, I think we like to live in our bubbles. Yeah. And, and what we say at WGS is we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think people don't like being uncomfortable. And I think the very basis of understanding the colonial power that is the royal family and its history is important and understanding the future of what the of what of what this will look like i mean look at megan mm-hmm. megan markle back in the press like i literally saw an article that they were blaming megan markle for the death of the queen i was like are you kidding me yeah like she's still being scrutinized yes and i'm like, like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has, there's something to be said about the history and legacy of colonialism that Meghan Markle is experiencing this as a biracial black woman mm-hmm. in this family and, and what that means for her and for her experience. And I think until we're able to 
see zoom out and see the full picture of how we got to this point and realize that it wasn't it wasn't that long ago right like we are living we are living we just saw a monarch pass away that when she was alive there were still yes. heavily colonized yes. parts of the world there was always like a saying i would hear my like especially my grandparents my grandma would always say that because she grew up under British colonization. And mm-hmm. she would say, like, oh, there's a saying that the sun never sets on British mm-hmm. soil. Because they owned so much, or, like, they colonized so much of the world. Yes. And that, Lizzie was alive during that time. She was alive. Yeah. A lot of the countries didn't start gaining independence or, like, you know, really fought for their independence and, and gained it until, like, the 19. We saw, a, a like, really big kind of like movement to this post World War Two. Yes. Because and partially was because of World War Two. Mm-hmm. A lot of countries didn't gain like in like what I, I forget what country I was reading and the West Indies I wanna say it was like nineteen sixty something. Yeah. Like those were someone well, most some of our parents were alive during that time. Like yeah. my grandparents were alive during colonization. Yes. Like they lived through that. That was a part of their lives. That was not that long ago. Yes. We're only a couple generations removed from it. Mm-hmm. And this is like definitely a conversation for the diaspora, but I especially like when I see posts from like from within the previously colonized nations where they're like, Oh, you know, RIP the Queen or whatever, I'm just like, Y'all, I can't. Like, what are you talking about? Stop. <laughs> like, what it's just I can't. It's just so disappointing. And it's like this. Yeah, like you said it. You said it really well, Ricky. Like the bubble. Yeah. They're just living in this little bubble, and it's like we watch the crown, mm-hmm. and it's exciting, and just and these yeah. people don't represent goodness. They're not. They're like, not goody two shoe fairy tale. And I'm not telling nobody to watch the crown. Listen, I watch the crown. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I binge all the things. I watch the Downton yes. Abbey. I We've watch t- I know. Yeah, we talk We've about our love. We talked about this. Listen to our previous episode. I'm not saying that, but it doesn't mean that I don't watch the crown through a different lens. Yes. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is going on. This is this is making sense. Oh wait, some Nazis in here. Okay, that sounds a little fishy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watch it through a different lens and I think that is what that is what we need is being able to see, like I said, zoom out, see things through a different lens. Um that critical analysis. Mm-hmm. Watch our vocabulary. Because I saw mm-hmm. a recent post where they wrote an article, someone wrote an article, and they were like, the queen has already always had a special relationship with Africa. And I was like, or something like that, some like fancy-dancy flowery language. And I was like, special relationship? You mean colonization? Mm-hmm. Colonization of countries? And your little tour wasn't like, oh, hi, we love you so much. It was like, hey, know your place. Know that yes, we're in charge exactly. of you. Yes. We are here to show face and to show you that we have true power. So I think, as we said before on this, I almost said show, like we have a show, like on this podcast. Like, it's a show. It's a show. Hey, welcome. It's the Ricky and Charmaine show. Yes. <laughs> um, language is important. Mm-hmm. Critical analyses is important. And the lens in which we view the world is just so important. And yeah, I encourage everyone, 
And, and this isn't the last exhibition that we're going to talk about. First of oh, all, no. um, the fact that it's called exhibitions and exhibits, but whatever. Um, this isn't the last one. And I encourage any future ones like that you go to, to or even if you just pop into a museum to kind of view it through a different lens. And with everything going on with the royal family, also take take the the colonized nations into consideration and how they feel. Um, and also the, 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 um, I don't like saying post-colonization because colonization, like you said, is a legacy and it's not something like we're free, like everything is good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. And, and it's, I think like it can be, it's complicated, right? Mm -hmm. Like these feelings can be complicated. They're not mutually exclusive. Like I can go and enjoy parts of the exhibition and be excited about it. I, I like heard about it last year and just you know it's like I was like ooh, that's gonna be like very pretty all mm-hmm. the sparkly things but like what you said I went in there with like a very critical lens mm-hmm. and we can enjoy and partake in yes you know um British historical period dramas that type of thing mm-hmm. but we can also be critical of it yeah and we can be very critical of mm-hmm. the monarchy and the institutions mm-hmm that continue to disenfranchise people because this whole thing is also like it's you know brexit right like there's been a a resurgence of trying to um like increase relationships if that can be done with commonwealth nations so that's Mm -hmm. why you know willie and katie went around and they went to jamaica and did that whole disaster of a press tour Mm -hmm. like if the monarchy is so whatever obviously they're they are a political asset and mm-hmm. they are used as a tool or utilized as a tool when need be mm-hmm. so that's why they went and did that tour that's why William and Kate went to Pakistan mm-hmm. they went to all these different commonwealth nations so that they're like oh hey remember us they want to like what you were saying like it's not so much like rebuild well okay now they can't be like what they did when like you know Elizabeth did her tour of Africa mm-hmm. where, you know, they can't necessarily say know your place, but it's a reminder. Mm-hmm. It's like, remember who we are. And just by the mere existence of them showing up and Kate, like just wearing like a shawar kameez and putting a butt on her head, it just reignites all of those hierarchical colonist and colonizer hierarchies. Mm-hmm. It just reinstates all of that. That stuff doesn't go away overnight. Yeah. The way Kate acted and some of her demeanor in Jamaica, that very much showed her positionality in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know we didn't get deep into Megan, but it just shows like how she views blackness and black people. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Mm-hmm. Or how they all do. Listen, I'm ready for a part two. Listen, we can yeah. go into the Kate versus Meg debate. Y'all know that's my d- dissertation, and I'm I'm ready. I'm if y'all want to hear that, let us know because we us can know, get into it. Because we can we can we can get mm-hmm. into it and like the history of you know um, the view of blackness in in UK and and what what that is and and, and it's okay. I won't go into it. It's a whole thing. Let me know. Let me know if you want to know more, and we can get into it in the comments. I'm sure we can have a whole whole other segment on that. Yeah, I would love to hear that personally. Okay. So, well, we hope y'all enjoyed this episode. We have so much more to say. So if you want to hear more, let us know. If you went to the DMA exhibit, let us know. Share that with us. You know that we're on TikTok as well. We're Gray Matters, the blog everywhere. 
So yeah, give us a follow. Show your girls some support. And we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. You can continue to show your support by giving the podcast a five-star review, becoming a subscriber on Anchor, and following us on our website, graymatterstheblog.org, that's gray with an A, and on our socials, as well as sharing and commenting on our posts at Gray Matters the Blog on Instagram and TikTok. We want to connect with our Gray Matters community. If you have a comment or an inquiry about our customizable trainings and workshops, email us at graymatterstheblog at gmail.com. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll chat with you soon.